the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Disciples Pathway Ministries, a mobile ministry with Minister Robbie E. Lilly. Disciples Pathway Ministry is a mobile ministry advancing the kingdom of God so that no one is left behind when Jesus Christ, our King of Kings, returns for His great church. Yes, yes, yes. Good afternoon. Good Sunday afternoon, family. This is Minister Dion. I'm here alone today, but my mother, Miss Robbie E. Lily, always sends you her love. She is praying for you guys. She is encouraged by you guys and only prays that you continue to stand in the things of God and walk with the things of God. And today, I just wanted to just bring to you guys what was brought to me. But before that, I would just love to open us up with prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for giving us life. Thank you for the fact that you are that life. Thank you for washing us and presenting us to our Father that we may come to him freely and boldly, confidently, and humbly. And as we come before you this day, Father, may you fill us with all the substance and manner from your kingdom. Let the ears be open, the eyes be watchful, let no distraction come in, no deceiving or deceptive way take us away from what you have for us at this time. Lord, how we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So, family, the Spirit dropped something off unto me about a week or two ago, and it's been unpacked. This uh, may come into a two to three, four-part series. Whatever the, the Spirit has given unto me, I will labor uh, fervently for you, family, to get it all out. But I want to speak to you all about perfection. Why is there an underlying need to be perfect within ourselves? Intentionally, we intend to see, do, and be perfect. However, reality brings us back to the humility that we are not indeed perfect. But yet there still is a longing for and a searching of such perfection to be in a perfect state of being within man's mind, within man's heart. Well, family, as we so oftentimes do come back to the word of Genesis, because in order to understand the fruit of a thing, you have to dig into the root of a thing. And so we have to go into Genesis and we quote oftentimes Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. So God said, let us make man in our own image. Now, we know that this word image is a picture as in a picture of perfection because God himself is perfect. 
And so we are made to resemble and uphold. And when others look upon others, man, look upon man, this image of perfection, being mindful of the God who made us and created us in his own very perfection. And now in places in the words such as Psalms 86 declares that you are you alone are God. And Psalms 18 says this God, his way is perfect. And then Deuteronomy says uh, in verse uh, chapter 32, verse four, his work is perfect. And we were the work of his sixth day. Created in Christ Jesus for the works, for good works, for perfect works. So we cannot get away from this need and this urge to want to be perfect or want the perfect scenario. I submit to you all and you may write this down that to say that you are perfect in and of yourself is arrogant. To say that I'm not perfect is very ignorant in the fact that. Yes, it is true, but let's not omit and give up because we will be perfect. We are being made perfect. We are on our way to perfect. I would like to usher us into Matthews 5. This was a command given of the Lord Jesus Christ when he said to love your enemies. And I'll read, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And even if you greet your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Father God, bless us in the reading of your word. Bring us into all knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus is coming to us about loving our enemies. And in loving our enemies, at the conclusion of this statement, we shall be perfect. So we now have to understand that perfection is a process. Perfection in the Bible simply means a state of maturity. Just as we as earthly fathers desire to and are compelled to see our children grow up. So does our heavenly father. He's desired and he desires and is compelled to see us grow up. If you remember when it where it was written in first John, I write to you little children I write to you fathers, I write to you young men. 
What was John getting at when he was speaking to a letter to the children and I write to, and a letter to the father and a letter to the young man? These are our spiritual states of growth and maturity. As a babe who arrives to uh, the, 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 the teenage or the adolescent years and then comes and becomes ushered into adulthood. These are spiritual states of being. And God desires for us to be fully grown and fully mature that his command, which he commanded us, may be fulfilled, that you shall be fruitful and multiply. Just as the physical body has to reach a certain uh, place of maturity in order to reproduce. So does our spiritual state man has to reach a certain maturity in order to reproduce, be fruitful and multiply. So what does Jesus tell us? Jesus tells us to unlearn, to relearn what the nature of man has been operating in up to this point. He wants us to unlearn, to relearn what the to, to unlearn, to relearn what the nature of man has been operating in up to this point. So he says here. You have heard it was said you were taught you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the sons of your father in heaven. So, family, this is a process. Because we don't naturally gravitate toward things that push back against us. We don't naturally seek to Water somebody or give unto somebody who's cursed us, who's disrespected us. Who's counted us as nothing, but we have to count them for something. And to be someone. This is goes against our natural state of being. Even when he says, why do you only greet your brethren? Do not even attach collectively. We naturally gravitate toward those things. That gravitate toward us and we naturally push back toward those things that push back against us. But Jesus is telling us. I need you, even though they push back, he push you back. I need you to pull them in. With love. Perfect love, a sacrificial love. Because this is the life that Jesus wants us to have in him. This can be this. This is what I'm about to say is a is a breakthrough and it is worthy of its own message on its own platform. But the spirit once told me a few of just a few weeks ago, in order for something to live, something has to die. In order for something to live, something of its equal value has to die in order for us to have a life with God. God had to put something of equal value to die. So the blood of a bull and rams and pigeons and goats, those were not good enough. Those were not able to those those were not worthy of our value. I'm talking you, me, us as men, our human. That was not our value unto God. God said, I'm going to send my son. I'm going to send myself because I value you as myself and I cannot deny myself, says our father. So to deny you is to deny himself. So I'm going to send my son to make all acceptable unto me through him. 
Amen. Because this is a father who is compelled to see his children grow. So Jesus tells us, I need you to unlearn and relearn. That you got that you have to love your enemies. Those who hate you. Jesus, Jesus shed shed it light on this on this thing called hate. The law says you shall not murder. And Jesus said, I tell you that if you hated a brother, you've committed murder. So if someone hates you, they murder you, they kill you. So now Jesus says from that place, you love them. Because you died in order for my love to live through you. Murder was committed unto our Lord that life may proceed forth from our love. So when hate is pro- it comes unto you to murder you and to kill you, now love can proceed forth from you. The true love, the sacrificial love that gave itself. Are you following me, family? Jesus tells us to unlearn, to relearn. He then says, because God makes it rain on the evil and on the good. He makes the sun shine on the good, the right, the just and the unjust. God had done this from the beginning in the midst of the garden. He put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil right there in the midst of the garden. He did not hit it. He did not tuck it back to the corner. He did not try to hide it and say, don't go over there. He put it right there in the midst of the garden. Because even evil had its place in the garden. It did not have its power in the garden, but it had its place in the garden. So he says, I need you guys to be like me. Understand that this evil and this, this war between this between evil and good. Can only become you can only become victorious by love, by not just any type of love, but a sacrificial love. So you must die unto yourself in order to come into the life and the victory that I've given. So when we have when we are faced, which we are all faced with on a daily basis, this this thing between evil and good, that word evil in the Bible means the word war. That's where the word war comes from. When we are faced with this battle and on this battleground between good and evil, the Bible says that good will always prevail. But we have to be we have to move in the place of goodness. We have to experience goodness. We have to taste of his goodness. We have to eat of his righteousness. We have to feast upon his justice. We have to keep his laws. We have to keep his statutes. We have to honor his way. We have to be filled with such goodness in order to overcome evil. Because whatever you give strength to, that is what's going to overcome. So if I feed the good way, if I feed God's way, then I can have what it needs to overcome such evil. But overcoming such evil is only going to be built through a process of building the testimony. In Revelations, it says they will overcome the wicked one by the blood of the lamb that's done and the power of their testimony. Okay, so the testimony is on you because the blood of the lamb was done over uh, 2022 years ago. But now God has to take us through a process of building a testimony. 
to take us through the test. And that word money is attached to a word like called harmony. So I need to take you through this test to bring you together with me, to sync you up with me, to put you in the same place that I've been in, that we may have with one another, that we may beat with one another, that we may walk with one another, that we may speak on the same accord. And this is how Jesus spoke. This is how Jesus walked. This is how Jesus died. And so we have to walk after this thing and be tested that we make to build that testimony to come in harmony in order to overcome the present power, evil wickedness of this day and age. Here's another interesting thing that Jesus did. And I questioned and said, why the comparison to tax collectors of all people? There's plenty of sinners. He could have said like like the adulteress. He could have said, you know, like like the like the fornicators. He could have said like the drunkards. He could have he could have said anyone. But he specifically used tax collectors. Well, tax collectors were known for their thievery and their bribery. People hated tax collectors. They hated doing money exchanges with them because they would always have unbalanced and unhonorable scales. And as Proverbs say, God hates unbalanced scales. But this is what they would do because they were after goods and or that which is good. If I if I can acquire more money, if I can acquire more of these things and they weren't only they weren't only uh, uh, taxing and, and dealing with money, but they were dealing with actual merchandise goods because we all desire good. So he says, don't be like the tax collectors. The tax collectors who, again, were known for their thievery and bribery. So I take you over to John chapter 10 and. Jesus says, all whoever came before me are thieves and robbers. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers. So it's fitting to compare to the tax collectors because all whoever came before him, as we all come before him, were thieves and robbers. Now, when we go through him and on the other side of him, we are made new. But when we are coming before him in need of him at the door of salvation, we are known but no, by none of, none of else, but thieves and robbers. And so even to the point of the cross, there were two that hung next to him. One thief and another thief. Now, one thief said. He, he, and he taunted what he did. Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. The reason that thief sought salvation is because he wanted the goods of the earth. He wanted the goods of the world. He wanted the goods of the land. He wanted to return back to the place that was most familiar with him, that was most comfortable with him, that he knew. But the other thief, on the contrary, says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That thief said, remember me as in. Lord, when you go. Remember me because where you go, I want to go as in I do not want to return to what I previously knew. As in I repent or change my mind to have a mind in heaven instead of a mind that is here on this earth. So. That thief repented 
And then Jesus replies, Amen. I say to you, you will be with me in paradise. Simply because he wanted to experience the goodness of heaven. He had his eyes fixed upon another place. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep. But the sheep did not hear them. The word sheep right here means probaton, which means something that walks forward. As in, it does not deviate. A sheep is uh, virtually blind and, through, and cannot see nowhere but forward. It's blind to its left, it's blind to its right, and it cannot rotate its neck to turn backwards. But it can only be fixed forward. It only, it's only going to move forward based upon what it sees. So Jesus is saying, if you will fix your eyes upon me, if you will fix your eyes in a heavenly place and walk after me and come after me, you too will experience paradise. You too will experience the goodness. The Bible says, feed on his goodness, the well in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Taste and see that the, and know that the Lord indeed is good. We have to develop appetites for him. We have to develop longings for him. We can't we can't let the temporary waters and the temporary breads of this earth that 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 perish with the consuming of fill us temporarily. We have to get the everlasting life. That is the living water. That is the bread of life. He who is and who was and who is to come. So we got both these thieves, two different minds, one with a mind on earth and one with a mind on heaven. Because Jesus is only interested in who we are becoming, where we are going. He is not interested in what we are doing and what we've done. He's only interested in who we're becoming. He says, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They all turned aside. They all together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Romans 3, 10 through 12 says there's not one good. No, not one. He could. He searched the whole earth and could not find one. Yet we desire good because God who is good desires us. Jesus says, why do you even call me good? No one is good except God alone. The reason Jesus says that is because he desired the will of his father. Because all things good and all goodness comes from God. Family, I, I close with this. We desire to be perfect. Again. If you are, if you assume yourself to be perfect in and of yourself, you are arrogant of the truth. If you just omit and submit to being imperfect, you are ignorant of the truth and that we will become perfect. The word perfect, per means thoroughly, throughout, fact means to make or do. 
God wants to make us perfect thoroughly and throughout. He wants to finish us. He wants when we come before the father for us to be well done. Jesus uttered the words upon that cross. It is finished. So what are you trying to do? Whatever you're trying to do has already been done. Instead of looking forward, look toward he who is perfect. And family, I want to give you guys an invitation. If you have not accepted the perfect one, this perfect love, I want you to come in right now and utter these words in prayer that you may. Lord, I am a sinner in need of a savior. I believe you hung, bled, and died in my place. You, the son of God, then rose and is now seated at the right hand of the father. Lord Jesus, you are welcomed in this place of my heart. May your spirit never depart. Receive me as I receive you this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Family, please come back next week so that we may continue. Until next time, one voice, I speak life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.